I had no idea that you could cut a niche into a market. Turns out it's a massive business, isn't it? Skateboarding, you know. That is the craziest thing I've ever seen. That's actually why I animated it. So I was like, oh my God, someone's done it. <laughs> Thrasher Magazine posted it on their Instagram account and it just went nuts from there. You're listening to The VFX Process, where we talk to the industry's most talented artists. From concept artists to previous 3D animators and visual effects artists, we take a deep dive into a personal project of theirs and take a look at the work that went into them, as well as show an insight into the mind, workflow and career of each artist. The VFX Process, getting intimate with your industry. Brought to you by Big Two Studios. In today's episode, Jamie chats with Jack Hyde about how his unique stop-motion animations have carved a niche in skateboarding culture. Jack reveals that his career took off overnight after Thrasher magazine picked up his first skateboarding stop-motion post. Jamie and Jack delve into the process of his passion project Pen Pals, which showcases how collaboration with people globally can still result in producing amazing art. Pen Pals is a joint effort with Chris Ray, the founder of Motion Clubhouse and a legendary skateboarding videographer from California who works for DC Shoes. Jack also touches on the subjects of social media, plagiarism and burnout within the animation industry. So for all things stop motion, animation and skateboarding, stick around. This is going to be a good one. We good? Hey Jack. Hey, how you doing? I'm good man. How are you? I'm very good. I've been looking forward to this, uh, yeah, all week. Can't wait. Yeah, me too man, me too. How's things man? What are you up to today? Today, what am I doing today? Well, I'm uh, preparing for this and then uh all afternoon actually i'm storyboarding so it's a um it's a day off from actually animating and getting the cameras out and everything so uh yeah no a bit of a, a bit of a, a relaxing day so I'm, I'm glad i'm not in the studio like all afternoon after doing this so i think i'll be mentally fried by the end of the day <laughs> when you work do you work all from home or is there a studio that you go to so i've got two locations so i've got um uh, this is I, i'm in my house and then this is where like, i edit everything do all the sort of after a step after effect stuff i've got like a sort of you know high-powered pc here and then i've actually got a little um small little studio up in town with in the in the center of the city here i used to work at a music venue uh in exeter it's an amazing uh sort of uh independent music video uh music venue and, and i'm friends with the owners still and uh, they they do me a, a nice little deal on on the studio up there so that's good man. it's cool but it, it does mean that if i'm animating late into like friday or saturday night sometimes the whole building's like shaking with the music so when you're doing a stop motion rig it's not the best thing the the funniest thing with it is sometimes i have to obviously jump on a call quite like sort of late notice with a client and often they're american clients so it's like with the time difference it'll be like over over here it'll be the evening and it'll be like 10 o'clock and i'll be like yeah no i'm working on it right now and there'll be like this blast and music in the background i'm like i swear i'm not out like i am i'm not not in the club no exactly (laughs) So yeah, that's the the funny little quirks that come with having a studio above a, a music venue. Yeah, thanks for your time today, Jack. I know um, you've seen a bunch of the other episodes potentially. Absolutely, yeah. No, I've watched watched a bunch of them. They're absolutely fantastic. Thanks, man. We we had we had uh, Jim Gadolgi, uh, Jim Gadolgi. Can I can never say his print his last <laughs> name. Jim, you know Jim. Um, yeah, absolutely. On recently, and he was yeah amazing, and then. You know, we've we've seen your work prior to this, like way back um, oh, before this. But then when when we um, spoke to Jim, it kind of clicked again. Like, oh, of course, man. Imagine if we can get Jack on. So hence that we reached out, and then here we are today. So I'm trying to say oh, thanks, fantastic. man. Yeah, I've, I've I've only ever spoken to Jim, you know, just over yeah. over Instagram or whatever. But um, yeah, absolutely love his stuff as well. Yeah. So no, it's fantastic. It's great, yeah, man. Thanks, we spoke thanks for about, asking me. Oh, pleasure, man. Thanks for thanks for accepting. We're skateboarders ourselves, so 
you know, we could geek out for a longer time on skateboarding history and Yeah, I was going to say, we might, we might just run out of time just, I just know, yeah. geeking Before out on skateboarding. So I have to try and try and reel we'll that in. We'll try and get into uh, your work, of course. We, you know, Jim and I were talking about, yeah, all the, the VFX from like, you know, the Yeah Right videos and yeah, all, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I remember watching those and just like, oh my God, that's so freaking cool, man. I mean, I, I grew up on that stuff and it's just, it stays with you. It's it's mad. I was thinking, um, me and my friend were doing a uh, sort of Spotify playlist each of like top 10, like favorite songs, like not necessarily like, doesn't have to be your favorite bands, only just watch your favorite songs. And I realized after I made it, I was like, I think three or four of these are from from skate videos from when yeah. I grew up. And I was like, it clearly, it really does affect you, you know, growing up it, and watching these things, it, it stays with you. It really does, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I remember, like, when we used to watch, like, Steve, remember when we would watch, like, Logic 6 on, like, Extreme Channel and yeah. all the songs and, like, we would, you could never just, we would always want to find the songs, wouldn't we? So you couldn't really Google. Absolutely. Like, back then, like, what songs they were. So you'd find them. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. on a day of listening to music, oh, I'm sure that's the tune from that Logic 6 episode or... And then there was a website with a whole yeah. like library, and it was like, oh my man, you got you got the skate videos with all the songs on and everybody's part, and it was like, this is what we've been looking for for years as kids, you know. Oh, no, we started I'm so glad like someone went in and, yeah. and built that stuff because that's yeah, absolutely fantastic resource. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely and now it. you can freaking hum into a phone. <laughs> that's technology, isn't it? It's a crazy yeah. world. It would be great to get started with like an introduction of who you are and a bit about your background, Exeter University, or maybe earlier than that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, yeah. So I, I guess I've been animating since since I was at university. Really, um, ironically, I actually took a I, I studied film at university, but I didn't take the animation yes. module, which is like I read that. Looking back now, I'm like, what was I thinking? Um, to be honest, the degree was actually, it was almost all theory-based. We had hardly any practical anyway. It was actually, it was kind of like more sociology. It was it was about cinema and like why certain films have been made in certain countries at certain times. So it was about like the political context of it. I absolutely loved it. But um, one of my housemates did the animation module and I, I kind of went into his room one day and he was like, you know, just doing this little project. And I watched it and he was doing a music video. And obviously I'm like big into like music. I was like worked at a music venue, just like loved it, played in bands my whole life. So I watched it, I was like, I could just be doing this. This is exactly what I want to be doing. So um, I went off and just got like a little mini DV camera from like the local shop, plugged it to the computer and just just experimented. Just went off and just just played around with it, made some, uh, like a load of animations just for friends, little like adverts for friends, music videos, all those kind of things. And uh, just kind of, yeah, snowballed from there really, I guess. The first thing where like I actually realized, oh, you could actually make money from the, you know, this could be a career, was I started making like little whiteboard animations. And obviously at the time that was becoming a bit of a thing with like RSA animates and stuff, you know, this this way of explaining complex ideas through a, a whiteboard animation. So I started doing that a little bit and then and then I started working for X University, which is the the university from where, where I'm from, making animations for like their online courses. So it was it was really interesting meeting academics and them talking about their subject for a while and being like, right, we could make this make this into a, a, an easier to understand topic through animation. So I did that for a little while and that, that was great fun. And then I started making skateboarding animations in my spare time just for a bit of fun. And I, I posted like my first ever one uh, on Instagram. And, uh, which which was who? Oh, it was um, Jaws. Do you know that guy who like jumps down all the... 
crazy. 20, 25 Leon oh, set. That is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like, Ali Lala bust his ass on that, literally. Yeah. And for Jaws to come back and do, that was incredible. Well, that, that's weirdly, that's actually why I animated it because I'd been, I kind of fell out of love with skateboarding and I got into other things. And, and it wasn't until someone posted that clip, and obviously, I'd watched Ali Bulala do it growing up. So I was like, oh my God, someone's done it. <laughs> so I was like, I've got to do something with this. I've got to animate it in some way. So I just did it, you know, just in my spare time in my, in my living room. And uh, Thrasher Magazine posted it on there like Instagram account and I say just went it just went nuts from there like oh man started getting you know skateboarding brands contacting me and saying oh could you just create something for for this for that I had no idea that you could you know cut a niche into a market and and work in in such a you know what I thought at the time was a small sort of area of work turns out obviously it's a massive business isn't it skateboarding you know of course worldwide huge um hobby so and well huge sport now yeah yeah so then then i kind of i went fully freelance after a little while um and did that for years that was really nice because i could because it was so mobile i was able to travel around and and you know live in different places while doing it um that was great and then actually recently in the last couple of years i've actually gone back to making a lot of educational animations so i've now kind of got this really nice split 50 50 where oh nice half my animations are super interesting for like the educational side doing meeting yeah interesting academics and talking about their their subjects and then half of it is making animations for brands that I absolutely love and adore and grew up watching and and wearing their shirts yeah, and man. stuff so yeah it's it's kind of the perfect setup now so I'm really enjoying how it's all working oh, really brilliant brilliant yeah. did did just cu- curiosity um did you finish your uni course or did you switch to the animation one at the end or <laughs> so no I actually I did I did finish it but by my by my like last year of it, I was I was just animating like all the time. I was kind of already working in animation by the time I'd graduated. So yeah, it's kind of one of those weird ones where I did finish it, but by the end of it, I was kind of like just ticking the boxes just to get through it really. Um, yeah, because I was already um, enjoying what I was doing on the on the side. So amazing. Yeah, why I didn't do the animation, I, I don't know. <laughs> hey, it was all meant to be. Though. Yeah, there's exactly, a reason why you right? have. Yeah, yeah. And so you're your housemate, and I read that in the um, the Berwick's interview oh, yeah, um, about yeah. your 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 background and how you got into it. Just interested, was he also doing like cutout stuff? If not, what inspired you to kind of take that medium, you know, and, and um, explore that? I actually can't remember what kind. It, it was stop motion, absolutely, because that's why I went in and he had yeah, just this like really old school mini DV camera, just hooked up to his PC with a bit of you know software, just taking the pictures. I think it was, if I seem to remember, it was kind of cutout stuff. Do you remember, do you remember that computer game Limbo that was kind of all oh, like yeah. shadow? silhouette stuff. It was yeah. silhouette kind of thing. He, he just put it, it wasn't so much a music video, he just put it to some music. And when I was watching it, I just instantly was like, I could make music videos for like my band, for my friends' bands, like I could easily do this. No, it, it was whiteboard stuff that I went into naturally because I saw it online. By far the like, I guess the, the biggest inspiration for getting into animation after that was this incredible animation by uh, I think his name is like Christopher Strom I want to say his name is and it's um it's this incredible animation set to a music uh, track and it's just him with his hands doing amazing doodles and everything's changing into different animals and stuff I'll, I'll send it over after okay, yeah, you, you'll love it that was probably the biggest inspiration where I was like oh I, I could do whiteboard stuff and I guess clearly as well it was just the way I could see it on TV with adverts people were doing it as a as a tool to to make money, you know, as a career. So I thought that's that's the way to do it. I think it wasn't until I started doing the skateboard stuff that um, 
I realized that if I if I printed the footage, I could then manipulate it. I could cut bits out. I could paint over it, and I could actually experiment with that. I, th I think throughout the entire time I've been animating, all of it has just been experimenting with different different ways of doing it. So just to give it a bit of context, I'm like I'm entirely self-taught. I went to a workshop when I was about eight or nine, just like a little like day course at the local art center, you know, uh, where they did stop motion. So I, I learned what stop motion is through that. But then absolutely everything in my career for, for stop motion stuff has just been me sat in my room, just trying out <laughs> different ways of doing yeah. it. Um, and I think, you know, that's that's a great way to do it. For whenever anyone asks me, like, you know, oh, how do you do your... Can you do a tutorial online? I said, well, I could do it at the end of the day. Like, just plug your camera in and just, yeah. just download some free software and just have a play around. You'll, you'll soon find the way that you like to work and yeah. the way you want to do it. I guess there's no, like, real right or wrong way to do it. If You know, you, no. it's all ex exploring, exploring that medium and finding new stuff as you go. You know, you might go down the one one route and and add a little bit of this in and a knowledge from this bit and then just develop something absolutely something there to be you know like like with with the scaling stuff where um where like you know i take people out of the scene and put them back in again that purely just comes from like doing some photoshop work in my like job at the time at the uni just working out how to use photoshop and then thinking like oh hang on i could apply this in a different way to you know a different world of of things so it's just just taking stuff that you've maybe used somewhere else and just thinking, I don't think anyone's done this before in this. I could totally just yeah muck about with it. Amazing. So I mean, I mean, your style is, is you know when when you see your work, it it is like they refer to it the Jack Hyde magic in, <laughs> in, in in things. But it really is a unique style. You know, looking back to that first clip that you did, I guess the equipment has advanced. What what's it oh, like yeah. compared to what you was using when you first did that and Jaws? Uh, yeah set. oh my god uh, yeah it's 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 chalk and cheese it's two whole different it's not even two worlds it's two galaxies of difference you know like now i've got like a you know a proper setup with a, a rig with my camera setup with uh continuous lights all that stuff that stops little things like the flicker between frames that you you quite often see if you're watching someone doing a bit more of a diy look all those kind of like technical things obviously i've gone down the route and got those sorted but you don't need those for, for, for mucking about with stuff at the start. And um, yeah, I mean, my, my first setup was an old mini DV camera plugged into my computer with a bit of free software. Uh, I just had lamps, like literally the same lamps that you'd have by your side of your bed kind of thing, just about 10 of them around the setup. <laughs> and I watched them now and I was like, yeah, no wonder they're like blown out. Like there's just flicker the whole time. It's because I had, I had no idea what I was doing. I just... You know, I didn't read any guides about it. This was before YouTube tutorials. I just just plugged it all in and away I went. And now, yeah, I mean, there's some amazing people who have written a lot of guides on on how to stop certain aspects of uh, stop motion lo looking in certain ways that you can just follow and be like, okay, I'll just, you know, get the same kind of gear and, and do that. Um, so now, luckily, I've got quite a nice setup in the studio and it's... Um, I guess what you'd call a professional setup. Nice. Well, the, the, you're doing it the proper way now. The, I'm doing it the proper say. way. Um, and yeah, but it's mad because like, because stop motion obviously is like the, the old school way of doing it. Um, a lot of the gear is still the old school way of doing it. Yeah. So a lot of it is stuff that people don't want. So like my lens on my camera is it's this beautiful lens, but no one wants it. It's, you know, it's, it's a lens from like 30 years ago. I got it off eBay for like a tenner because the modern lenses don't lend themselves too well to certain parts of stop motion because of certain, you know, things they do, the technology in there actually 
although it helps with all other aspects of photography. Right. For stop motion, you want a certain, you want all the control you can possibly have. And actually, the old school cameras sometimes are the ah, best for that because you can really? just set it and it will never change. It won't adapt between each photo. It will just stay exactly gotcha. how you want. And no, no software updates that you can just, you know, no, like these no, new no. fancy cameras, it's like new update, new firmware stuff. Not it's that just... kind of thing, no. So it's, it's ironic because um, when I do the, the video and animation work for the university, that's like the complete opposite. That's like the newest stuff, like we're, you know, what's the forefront, what's the new stuff that's coming out, what's all the new tools that we can use to help us create stuff a bit more efficiently or, you know, etc. And then I go to my studio and I dig out my like, you know, 30 year olds and stuff. And <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny. There's just, there's, there's different ways of, of doing things. Um, and sometimes the end result might look quite similar, but completely different uh, techniques so yeah have you ever gone thought about going back to oh, that first clip and redoing it maybe i should the first ever animation i did uh was uh, an advert for my friend's uh photography so owen richards he's this incredibly talented photographer he's gone on to you know takes photos for some you know biggest magazines in the you know in in the world and stuff he used to take loads of amazing photo uh, photos at, at the music venue that i worked at so he was a fantastic music photographer and I just made a little advert for his website, you know, just showed a few photos um, just and then just his website address at the end. And I thought, you know, oh, it's just a little bit of little bit of experimenting. Just to, I, I couldn't think of something to do that would be a product at the end of it that also allowed me just to play around with something other than like, you know, moving a Lego block across, you know, just to. So I did that and I sent it to him and he posted it. And then, uh, yeah, like straight away, like, you know, just so, you know, like a, a mutual friend got in contact who worked at a record label and they were like oh we're doing like a little advert for you know a band could you just do that so just th those kind of things to snowball but um i'd love to go back and do yeah do a new version of that owen richards one because that that's a prime example of if you use the wrong stuff it really it affects it so i had like it was card was coming in from different angles with different things written on them and different photos on them and obviously they're all different colors and when they would come across there'd be a certain color but as soon as they took up the whole screen my camera would completely auto adjust oh, it all right. had all auto settings on it and it would go from like pink to red like as yeah. it was moving across the page um so i had color, no idea color correcting in, in post like frame by frame exactly and that's why like now you just need ca cameras that like don't do any of that stuff yeah. you set it manually and then just away you go yeah it's like an old car isn't it like it put some people prefer the ones that haven't got any fancy electrical that is stuff. exactly the perfect analogy yeah you've got a working engine absolutely and you you know no, nothing too fancy going back to posting that video um and then getting picked up by brands what was the next kind of project after that one that got posted and what brand was it that approached you that that was another ridiculous story from my point of view in terms of like Thrasher posted it. It was going crazy. I was getting like message requests just from from you know everyday skaters just saying, "Oh, could you, you know could you do this for my clip, etc." And I was like, "Can I have a reply?" I said, "I'm you know maybe, <laughs> but I'm getting like loads of these. I'll try and work it out in the next week or whatever." And then I got one, and I totally didn't realize at the time that it was um, like S skateboards. I don't, you know, you know, like e it's ES, but I think you say S. I I used to say ES as a kid. Yeah, I grew but... up saying I like or, or like E's. I used to say, um, yeah. So however you say it, <laughs> that they got in touch. But um, again, it was like lost in these messages, and I went into it, and I just totally thought it was just you know I don't know just just some bloke or some girl just messaging me just saying oh could you make a clip for me. Turns out it was them, and um, I then got on to realise that it was like this. Don Brown, who's this fantastic skateboarder, like launched the cut, you know, um, has worked for that company for years, and 
a brilliant person. I, I've worked with him a few times on, on a couple of different things, but I just totally didn't realize it when it came in. So I kind of almost fobbed them off like, <laughs> oh, you know, maybe kind of thing. And then I reread it and I was like, oh my God, like I, I grew up, like I loved your shoes. Like I wore your t-shirts, everything. So I ended up doing doing a, a few animations for them um, just for some just for some shoes, and I, th I think that I think that kind of always brings up that that question of should you ever work for free as a freelancer, etc. Yeah, I was um, it's get a into massive that. contentious point. A lot of people will say different things. All I'll say is is you know I did that just for a few pairs of shoes or whatever from them, and it launched my launched my career. Like I went on and worked for I've worked for you know loads of amazing companies all around the world made a career out of it and I, that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't done that one for for um, S. So I find it very hard to say to people like, don't ever always do it for money. I get that some people think that it waters it down and like you should be worth a certain amount. I, I completely understand the argument, but I think there are some times when you actually, when you weigh it up, yeah. there can be a, a, a you know reason for it. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I was completely unproven, like never worked for anyone like that before. They were... They could have paid me and it could have gone all pear shapes. So, um, you know, I'm glad I did it and uh, that they were brilliant. And I've kept in touch with some of those guys and it's, yeah, it's been been a good time. So Amazing. So so that co that conversation was just over like DMs and, and was yeah. it, yeah, you absolutely. know, oh, can you, oh, we'll send you a bunch of shoes and you can just do us. Was it, um, did you get any SLs? Was it S? Yeah, I got, I got a couple of those and then um, a couple of like, the newer, newer ones as well. Yeah, they, they just sent me a message. It was Because at that point, I didn't have a website. I didn't of have course, any, you know, yeah. just You literally Instagram. turned into a, like an early on business freelancer pretty much overnight or a week. Yeah, would I, you say I would. Because like uh, uh, obviously, so, you know, some people will ask the question on how to get into etc. At that time, it was just... It was all through Instagram. I, I mean, I, I had I barely even had like an email address. I think I had to create one because of this really? stuff coming in, you know? Because um, all of the stuff I was doing for friends and stuff was just music videos to, for bands. It was all very informal. And then I had this job where I was making animations for a, for a, the uni. So I didn't I didn't need to have any of this stuff set up. And I find it funny that like when Thrasher posted, people were coming onto my page probably expecting like, those are scaled and it was just pictures just of me and like a cat and a dog, you know, just like <laughs> me and my family, you know? So it's this stupid thing of like totally being thrown in and realizing very quickly if I want to do this properly, I need to I need to get this stuff set up. And yeah, like you know, from their point of view, they were like, "Could you create a few clips for us?" It wasn't like an advert or anything because I think they were like, "We can't do that yet. We just want to see if you can create something cool uh, and see how it goes down." I guess with with their their followers, their audience, etc. Uh, and luckily, I, I guess I, I did an okay job in that that people liked it, and then I went sure, on and did man, other stuff. Clearly, so, um, yeah, I guess that's that's where I think the argument for either side of it it comes is they sent me a message to like a random creator. You could say like brands shouldn't ask people to do stuff for free, but at the same time, I hadn't done anything before, so yeah, of course I couldn't go like yeah, that would be a grand please yeah. for that advert. Yeah. Like I I had to start somewhere. And, and especially when, um, you know, these are, you know, you started out doing it for fun because you're a massive fan of skateboarding and brands yeah. like that. So when somebody messages you that you look up to and respect, that in itself is like, thank you so much for the recognition. I am more than happy to do a little starter shot or, you know, I'll happily exchange even one pair of shoes just to be able to show like, look, I'm I'm doing something for for a company and, and absolutely and a, I couldn't agree more. That's that's exactly how how it came about. When was the transition of like it felt you know this is a niche now and th this is where yeah. I'm heading down and 
did you continue to do the music and the educational stuff or was it for a period of time mainly skateboarding um I, I there was a transition period where i was working working at the uni still doing the educational stuff um and then doing the freelancer and picking up more and more stuff i i was kind of i guess struggling to 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 fit it all in you know finishing work at, at that job and then straight away setting your your studio stuff up so at that point i didn't have a studio i was just doing it kind of like setting up every single time it just grew and grew until the point where i was like I don't want to do the other, I don't want to do the educational side anymore. I just want to do this stuff. I left that role. And then me and my partner, we kind of traveled around a little bit. We lived in Barcelona for a little bit. And that was best, best year of my life. Skate spot heaven as well there. Basically skate Mecca is, is fantastic. Absolutely loved it. And I was just animating over there. Just, just, yeah, just picking up clients working. And what I, what I learned quite quickly is especially, I guess maybe it's because it's a niche world, the skateboarding, but like, if you worked for someone and did a good job and you were easy to work with, good communication on the project, hit all the deadlines, all that kind of stuff, you would get recommended for the next role because everyone kind of, know, I guess that's just the niche side of it. Yeah, that, man. That, um, that everyone knew each other. So, you know, I, I owe a lot to a lot of the people who I worked with early, passing my details on to other companies. And then it, I picked up a few clients where it worked really well, where I worked for them for quite a long time. So Surfer Magazine, that's probably the best one. I, I, I the, Probably the one that I enjoyed the most. I worked with them for just over a year, maybe like a year and a half or so. And that was some of the best stuff I, I, I worked on. I, I loved working for them. We created like, I think I, I lent quite a lot of in, into the educational side for that because we did a few longer form videos were about like maybe the history of, of shops, except like oh, surf, okay. uh, iconic surf shops. That was fantastic to work on basically it grew and grew and grew until the point where i was like actually i could just i could just be doing that and and you know waking up every day and realizing i absolutely love what i do that that was the the moment when i realized this is really this is what i want to do i love it being able to post something in this day and age on a social media platform in something you know you know that you've done in your spare time like that's just incredible in itself because yeah. talking about skateboarding prior to i'd say the barracks when it was first set up if yep. you're looking to watch content with skateboarding, you're getting a VHS tape or a DVD waiting for girl to release their next skate video. And that's four years, five years in between or two or three, you know. I mean, I remember being like 12 years old. My parents bought me a skate, my first skate video yeah. uh, on VHS. They didn't know what they were getting. They went to uh, the local skate shop and says, my son's 12 years old. Yep. And have you got a good skate video to watch the, the classic the classic line yeah absolutely. yeah <laughs> still one of my favorite skate videos of all time um it's a it's the tilt mode armies uh, man down that features like caswell berry oh, uh, yeah, Lu louis barletta jerry Ashu, um and, and it's got a really nice comedy element in there it's not serious very laid back like yeah you yeah you've probably seen it I, I mean i, I love that video and then going on to like enjoy bagger suck with with the same same kind of crew with like louis and Jerry Sue's like probably my one of my favourite skaters of all time. Um, so yeah, no, I, I completely yeah. The barracks come along, and you can go onto a website and watch little clips of skateboarders doing stuff at a skate park, and that was like, you know, it's a different way to consume, and then that become the norm. Obviously, skate videos still happen, but this new platform to watch content was incredible it's kind of, yeah. kind of changed the game and and with the addition of social media you know you can post stuff and tag somebody and I know, upload it here crazy. and share it there it's you know opened up so many opportunities for people clearly i can't even imagine what it's like being a 
being a skateboarder these days in terms of yeah trying to get yourself noticed and stuff because yeah before you know you, you maybe you create a create a you know sponsor me tapes and yeah, sponsor me tape exactly you look at instagram and you think you see clips from these kids like every day that is like mind-blowingly good and you think you're just one of thousands every single day putting these clips up yeah whereas like yeah when you used to have to wait for these things to come online uh, or you know come out in a shop before uh you know i've got a couple i've got a couple of the uh I've got yeah right on VHS like right up here like next to me just to yeah remind me of how it's all changed over the it years. Has. Um, it's crazy, you know these competitions on like you know Wednesdays with Red Redder and is it Sullivan? What's his name? Oh Donovan, uh, Donovan, Donovan Strain. Strain. Yeah, everybody's seen all what other people are doing on in the small form, and then now it's evolved and you get like yeah twelve year old kids doing the craziest stuff I've ever seen. You know, I know. Honestly, I, I, there's parallels with with people, creators like animation animators, illustrators, artists on social media as well. The amount of stuff that's going on there every single day, it's like it's hard not to feel overwhelmed with it sometimes. And um, it, I think it's exactly the same with the skateboarding skateboarding world. It must be, yeah, it must be such a, a minefield if you're you're sort of coming up and trying to make sure. that your thing. Try not trying to ignore the fact that you're seeing all these amazing clips and not getting downhearted by yeah, that. Yeah, you think, you know. shit, will I ever be able to do exactly a triple hard flip 360 <laughs> backflip on a down a set, 10 set? You know, it's yeah, well, because when I grew up, like you know, you'd be at, you'd be at your local park and you think, like, I'm pretty good, like, oh, like, I'm I'm the maybe the best of this little gang, you know. Then you go to the next park, like, we had this one kid who was like incredible at our little park, and then we'd be like, he's. He must be one of the best in the county, best in the country. And then you literally go like half an hour down the road to the next skate park and there'd be some wonder kid 10 times better than them. Yeah. Because it was just your little tiny world that you're in. Yeah, what a different world now. And go on the internet and yeah, completely oh different, gosh, different, yeah, different world. I've seen so many um, other creatives creating content. Do you ever feel that need of, oh, I need to try this or do that or do you just stick to what you love and do and 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 just stick stick in that lane it's by far probably the biggest thing i think for creatives coming like starting out it's the one piece of advice i always give is anytime anyone asks me it's like number one top of the list is do not compare yourself to everyone on on social media you will only find failure if you do that because you will always find someone who does something that you think is better than yours online and then even the people that you look at and think, oh my God, they're the best at what they do. They'll be looking at someone else online and thinking, oh, I wish I, I wish my look was that look, you know, or they're working for clients that I wish I worked for. Everyone is comparing themselves to each other. And that that goes back to that idea of just plugging your camera in and just, just playing around, just get your own uh, own kind of thing. It's uh, an idea that I, I tried to explore in one of the, the Pen Pals episodes was was this idea of originality versus kind of like copying ideas, etc. cetera. Uh, and actually, we, we talked about Donovan Strange just a second ago. I had, fa- I had a really nice conversation with him one time because um, I-, I was spending you know weeks, months at home just trying to think up some new way of making an animation that no one has seen before in skateboarding, like trying out all these different things. And I just stumbled across this like really simple way of doing things where I was just doing it old school, literally just had like a kind of light box, drawing on like lined paper just doing some like really sketchy rotoscope like we're talking so quick <laughs> exporting it out putting it online and, and people were like loving it. it was like you know doing in- incredibly well for like me for stats and stuff getting like lovely comments and stuff and i was thinking oh my god like i've reinvented the wheel uh, you know this is this is brilliant this is the new way i'm going to do it this this will be my one that i'll do 
every evening just while I'm watching TV, I'll bang one of these out alongside my work and yeah, this will become my, my look. And then it was only a couple of days later, I started getting like quite a few people were like commenting like, oh, you're totally ripping off this person. Oh, really? oh you're ripping off this person. And I was like, oh, like I, I just literally was just sat in my bedroom, like drawing these things, thinking I've come up with like a cool, quick thing that I can do here. There was about maybe three or four different artists that people were like, oh, this person's already done this, etc. So I, obviously I was like quite down about that. We really thought yeah, I'd but- like stepped on someone's toes. Um, and one of the creators that everyone was saying was like, oh, you're totally ripping off Donovan Strain. So I clicked on him and I, to, to like, I, I was completely honest. I was like, I, I didn't know who he was at the time. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of fell out of love with Skateboarding at around the time the Berwick started really exploding. And obviously he, his animations were something that a huge generation of skateboarders really hold dear to them. They watched it every week come out. And I sent him a DM and I was like, Look, you know, we've never spoken before. Um, I'm really sorry. I, I, I'm i going to be honest. I, I, I hadn't heard of your work before. Now I've gone back and I've gone through these videos that you did for the Berwicks and like, oh my God, like I love your stuff. And I just, I just had no idea. And I'm sorry that if you thought that, you know, he'd obviously seen the stuff because people were yeah. like tagging him and stuff. And he sent back the nicest message and he was like, don't worry, totally get it. Like creatives come at, come at things from entirely different from angles you know you might have come from this angle and ended up with a similar thing to me I came at it from this angle like you know drawing in my art book at school or whatever it's that kind of doodly kind of thing and he was like I I love the creative world that we all come at things and can arrive at the same place but from different places and I was like that's just the best answer ever like I had so so much like admiration for him at that moment because I was like he could have totally messaged back and be like you, yeah. you rip me off like oh you're getting all these views like these kids don't re- you know they remember me like and I, think, I just thought that's brilliant yeah of course like you should re- react like that and I've now you know followed his stuff since and I love it and I said to him like that was something that I came up with quite quickly obviously I'm just gonna like I won't do that for now you know I'll do something else people are quite quick to assume that if a video is on the internet everyone's seen it mm. so like you can put something on there that you've spent years crafting and really thought of as this really original thing and someone will be like oh my mate uploaded this to the internet eight years ago and it's got <laughs> a thousand views and you obviously copied them and then you're like do yeah, you realize man. how many videos are on the internet especially on social media like i can't have seen it all and even if i did see it i might have just <laughs> gone into my subconscious and i think it's, it's a line that a lot of people a controversial line of of whereabouts it it, it is have you copied it have you not etc I think as long as you're honest and just say like I hadn't seen that or like oh I'd seen that but actually I'm doing something new with it I'm I'm slightly tweaking it it's inspiration. Any time that I do something where there's there's a clear inspiration I'll try and either like explain it uh, uh, right it, either in a conversation like this or like just just when I post it just put like this was totally a a, a homage to this this stuff. I did a an advert for our primitive skateboards um, a while ago, and I actually came to them with the idea and said like, "This is totally a play on this old animation advert that I loved growing up. I'd love to do a little bit of a a play on it." And it's this old Guinness Hands advert that was, uh, I mean, I it just blew me away when I saw it on TV when I was you know younger, yeah. and I was like, I just want to do a little nod to it. So there's a few little bits in the video where I do the same movement with my hand just to right. say like this is you know this is a play on that so yeah I think as, lo- as long as you're you're honest about it then yeah, man. you know I think I think it's fine it's, I think people yeah do 
do you get yeah, the sense that a video a video is on the internet and therefore every single person in the world yeah. has, has seen it, but it's just not the case. And have you come across any other artists kind of creating things that are similar technique as, as yourself? You know, there's a bunch of us that do like I guess like old school animation. There's amazing one. I've actually got his uh, his art here. Um, oh, great. I think it's like Leon was here is his his handle, but um, that's, I don't. It's not his actual. <laughs> I don't think he's actually called Leon. Um, I've chatted with him a bunch. He he's like one of my. He's probably like one of my favorite artists online. He's one of those people that I think if I'd come across his work at the wrong time when I was comparing myself to other people, I would have been like, oh, what's the point? Like, oh, there's really? this guy doing this incredible stuff. Um, so he he prints sequences off and then paints the entire sequence again over the top of it and then rescans it all in it's a different way it's not stop he doesn't do it stop motion he scans stuff in and then puts it all together in in premiere or after effects but um and, and i do mine all kind of like recaptured as, as stop motion but certainly the idea of printing off and then painting on is it's a similar kind of thing and his I, I think his work is wonderful so um i had to get that up on the wall he's a yeah fantastic a uh, artist and i love his work yeah and then there's there's all sorts of people who've done you know stop motion stuff i just i i hope that i kind of cut my own little uh, corner of of the world um i reckon, I, I, I think you have absolutely oh, thank you absolutely, very much man. yeah I'm and, glad and, to and hear i love it. you know just just looking on just uh, scrolling through your instagram page it's just it's just so much fun um you've clearly kind of experimented with you know some 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 2d some cutout the looping the the line work animation mm. and just kind of you know mixed it all together what's your kind of favorite process of, and then we'll get into the pen, pen pals um. yeah I, I i guess the, the full stop motion stuff um uh, this is gonna sound so like lame and cliche <laughs> but like when you when you're in a, a full stop motion session where you you have to do it for like two or three hours, it does become like almost like zen like you just because it's so right. repetitive, like just capturing those things over or just drawing one bit over and over again, just sticking some music on and just just doing that. that that's that is honestly my my favorite thing by far, and I think the stop motion stuff with the piecing together scenes and, and putting the people into the scene etc i'm kind of aware that I, th I think that's probably the the bit that people like the most and yeah is the most unique i think um you know i'm not going to pretend for a second that i'm the best rotoscope person out there there's there's people who are doing like out of this world stuff and i know rotoscope even it, it as its own form is something that i think a lot of animators kind of look down on but it's just fun like no, you yeah, know man. It, that that's i think hopefully the point of when people look at my stuff they just think this is just the the whole process from start to finish not just the end product but the whole thing has just been a a fun sort of work of uh sort of passion and love i guess it, i hope that comes through i know that i know it, it really does man it really does i, I love the um skateboarder coming up there's a there's a like a rail into a bank and then you sort of peel back the rail yeah, yeah, put, yeah. It, put him in and then he skates and, and yeah you know. i mean that's like that'll just be sitting there for hours just working out like how the hell can i do it where actually i pop me like behind it and just sitting there with photoshop and trying to get it to look proper um yeah and, and then getting the old scissors out and in it being actually old school and just just cutting up stuff on on your desk. Just before I forget, right, we just yeah. mentioned about other artists. Have you seen an artist on Instagram called Troy Brown? Troy Brown. There was an extra city footballer called Troy Brown. Oh, not that. Well, maybe. Maybe. I, I highly doubt it's the same person. So he plays with a lot of like 
proportions and looping oh, this cycles. Is so cool. On his Instagram, you'll scroll down if you're into. You clearly love that stuff, Jack. Yeah. And I, I'll just get lost in his kind of just simple cycles of characters. Kind of, you know, so much oh, fun. God, this is beautiful. Oh, that's fantastic. It reminds me a little bit of um. This guy called Joe Pease, he, he does amazing. I, I don't know if he does it in, in After Effects or not, or maybe uses a different program. On Instagram, was it? Yeah, so it's Joe and then it's P-E-A-S-E. -E. He does like loops as well, where he, he, I guess he manipulates either footage or he creates kind of puppet, puppets, I'm guessing, in After Effects and uses masks like no one else. Like his stuff is incredible. Oh, yeah, I've got him. Oh, wicked. Follow him. Thanks for the uh, recommendation. Yeah, I, I can't re recommend his stuff enough. Um, he He's done a lot of skateboarding stuff as well um, in the past. I think he used to work for, I want to say, Transworld, maybe. Okay. And he did a lot of a lot of stuff for them. I think it was Transworld. I think at one point, Surfer and Transworld were owned by the same, same company. So I used to find his work through that. And uh, yeah, just again, you could just get lost in, in that world. So, so going back to the process and we'll... So we can blend into the, the pen pals because I really want to get into the, the project and how it came about. When you say that you kind of plan out in Photoshop of how you're going to do something, you know, you've got your the classic kind of put the body parts together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that way, and, and you know, click and stop and play. They're all like techniques that you use throughout. But yeah. When it comes to something that you thinking, how do I do that? Yeah. What's the process involved to, to plan that out when you mention Photoshop? A lot of the time whether it's a, a job for a client or if it's like a sort of more personal thing like pen pals, quite often I'll, be get, I'll get sent a bunch of footage and, you know, I'll obviously just open up that phone and think, right, here's all the assets I've been given. Like, what what can we create from this? What what would lend itself to X, Y, and Z? And, uh, yeah, if I if I pick one, I think that'll work well as something I could piece together. It's Yeah, it's looking at the scene, I guess. T taking I'll export everything in frames. So whatever frame rate I want to I do that, I'll export the whole sequence as that. And then I'll just dig into the first one and be like, how can I set the scene up? So I'll take that first image and be like, that skater there, like he or she is just there. I could actually, if I remove them from the scene, what am I left with? And then how can I manipulate that? Are they behind an object? Could I put an object in so I could manipulate it that way? And it's just, yeah, just about taking that first frame and then just working with it and just working out how I could how I could change it all and manipulate it and then remix it and put it all back together into, into a, what it originally was. So yeah, I guess that that's that's how I take it. Sometimes you get sent the footage and you think it's just not going to work at all with with the kind of idea we're going with. The, the the stuff with pen pals, like the way it works is a sort of collab between me and Chris. He'll send me all of his kind of favorite shots from you know a skater that he's filmed or, or a project that he's filmed. He just send me like the whole bag and be like, these are the ones that I think we should use, and then I can just go through and plan it all out, yeah, and and see what I can do in manipulation. It's talking about clients when they send you footage. Do they just let you? Full on trust with with yourself, Jack. That is, yeah, case by case. Really, <laughs> really it totally depends on the project. Sometimes, you know, they'll come to us and be like, "We've got a lookbook for our new range of clothes." You know, there's you know, four jumpers, three pairs of trousers, etc. We want to display it in some kind of creative way. What what can you come up with? And I might create, you know, two or three storyboards for them and say, like, these these are my first thoughts, and we'll go back and forth and get that storyboard you know, greenlit on both sides, whether they're happy with it and I'm unhappy with it. And quite often that will involve, the, the, the storyboard that I do will involve them then having to do a shoot to fit with that. Oh, okay. And a lot of the time, obviously it's nearly all American companies that I work for, I'll have to do like a, 
a, like a dummy shoot over here. So yeah, the amount of times I've set my camera up and I had to do like really raw kind of step-by-step -step instructions like previs, to them. Like, yeah, absolutely. So I'll be there like changing my jumper and being like, you need to do this movement one bit at a time. Then you need to remove your hat and then they'll get a model in or one of their skaters and they'll have to do the whole thing over there and send it over and, really? and then I've got to make sure that it, it works. Um, That's so there's great. A, yeah, there has to be a lot of very clear communication from that side in terms of instructions. But in terms of ideas, looking at looking at the artists you've had on, on, on your show, I think what I would say is that like, I, I'm under no illusions that like, I'm probably quite a good example of someone who doesn't have the technical talent in terms of like, you know, 3D Blender or all those kind of incredible tools that you guys use and the, the stuff that you create is is amazing. I know that I've got like a little bit of a niche thing yeah. going with my technique, but what I do have a, a slightly stronger side is is the ideas. So people will come to me not just because like I know that I can create animation, but actually because I can take something that they want to show and do it in a creative way. So half of it actually is is coming up with an idea of how we can show something interesting. So um, I did a few adverts for like Primitive for their lookbooks. Yeah, is that one where the with the clothing like kind of slots in and then goes out and there's different coloured backgrounds just a nice Yeah, there's that stuff and then we did one with like a model where I was putting the clothes in like interacting right. with a model like printed out so there was like hundreds of printouts of this model. He's actually an incredible skateboarder. And yeah, I was like literally like taking the hat off him, put another hat on him and it, it all interacts. Those kind of things that just comes from talking to him about what they're trying to achieve with it and then coming up with some ideas. Uh, you know, and that will go back and forth a bunch of times before we're we're all happy with it. Awesome, man. And and how how did you get onto uh, well, Chris Ray the Pen Pals project? So I'd like to just really get get into that now. Yeah. How did that project come about? And did you know Chris before? I'm sure you probably did. Yeah. Uh, so I I'd worked with Chris uh, a bunch of times for DC Shoes. So he 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 was like uh, like the main filmer for DC Shoes. I know he still does a lot of stuff with them, but um. He was working for them and he he got me involved in a few projects. He just said, like, you know, see my stuff online, wanted to see if we could do something. Uh, and the first project we worked on was um, a shoe for Tiago Lemos, who was this brilliant skateboarder. And he had a new new pro model shoe come out and we did the advert for it. And it, it, it just did really, really well. Like it, you know, it kind of exploded online with with views and, and interaction, all, the, all that jazz that I, I don't you know, necessarily see um, from my side of things. But it, it went down well. So obviously we, we then went on and we did a, a bunch of other stuff. And I always really, really enjoyed those projects and working with Chris. And for years, I'd had this idea of pen pals, this idea of doing a project with someone the other side of the world and how, how I could basically create something a little bit more longer form with, with loads of different ideas thrown in there. So I approached Chris and said, look, I've got this idea. At the end of the day, I live in like the countryside in England. I don't know many skateboarders. I'm too old to be going and hanging around with like some 16 year olds at the park and filming them skateboarding. I'm not, you know, not Larry Clark and not filming kids. Um, so I thought I, I need someone who has been filming skateboarding for a long time, has access to film skateboarders now or wants to send me like older archive stuff. And I thought, who have I worked with who was who really easy to work with, really gets it, was fantastic sort of person. So. I just dropped Chris an email and was like, look, I've got this idea, do you want to do it? And we went back and forth a little bit on the idea. I said, look, this is going to be so hard to explain it on paper. It is kind of an idea that I really, I would love to just create one to show you what I'm talking about. 
So he said, look, I, I've just done this one with John Gardner's video with John Gardner, who's brilliant skateboarder, really creative. And he just sent me the footage and was like, all right, do what you want to do, bring it back to me and let's let's talk. And so um, I just made that first first one as a bit of a, a, like a pilot, I guess you'd yeah. call it. Um, it was about half the length of, of what it ended up being. And it, yeah, he really enjoyed it. Um, and we decided to go go ahead and just do it as a, a bit of a passion project that we do in our, in our spare time. So that's kind of where that came from. That's how I'd worked with him before. And we still work together on on, on client work as well. Um, but pen pals is the kind of thing that we just do, yeah, just on the side. That's why it takes so long between <laughs> releases because it's always just like in the evenings, at the weekends, you know. A lot of work into it, of course, as well. And yeah, it's great um, fun though. Oh yeah, I bet it's. I'm just watching the uh, Tiago Lemos again now on the on the screen. Yeah, I mean, that's the cool thing about working with Chris is the, some of the skateboarders that he's worked with. I mean, when he's for the third episode, he was like, "Oh, should we do? Let's do Sean Moto and and Mike Mo." And I was like, uh, "Not only I, I love Moto as well, but skateboarders. Mike Mo was like, he's got to be in my top five like yeah. videos that I've watched the most in my life. So for him to send footage of Mike Mo for me to like print out, and play around with, and paint over and rip up oh it was just a, it was just a dream to work with that have you got any messages from you know Mike Mo and Sean that have reached out and says yeah. man that was so cool that was that's crazy like I, I was yes everyone that I've done an episode for I've kind of spoken to afterwards and you know it's because I don't know if Chris tells them before we do it so I don't know if it's just this lovely surprise where they suddenly they just get a, a video in their inbox in the morning or whatever but um yeah they, they've loved it it's been fantastic to talk to them I actually ended up sending it to Tony Hawk because oh, really? I was like, I've got to do it. Like, I I, I can't not, you know? Yeah, so I, yeah. I sent it to him and I was like, look, you're the reason I got into skateboarding. Like, playing your computer game, I went out and got a skateboard, like, literally the next week. And, you know, that, that's why I'm in it. And now I've made, you know, now I work in skateboarding and it's all because of you. Um, I've made this new thing. It's called Pen Pals. I know you're into, like, creativity within skateboarding. So here it is. Just thought thought I would never see it. And then he sent me this amazing message back and was no like, ways. this is amazing. I love it. Please send me like future episodes. I'd love to keep up with it. Um, thanks for all the kind words and stuff. And, uh, oh, you know, I can I can die happy now. That's like, that's bucket list ticked. You know, he's seen something I've created. So yeah, why not go and contact the legends, the, the top I mean, dogs, you know, why, well, why, right? not? Like, why not? Why wouldn't you? So um, yeah, some people be like, oh, it's, you know, Sad. I'm like, nah, no, nah, no, 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 not in the slightest. I'm absolutely doing it. Absolutely doing it. Have you thought about doing the legendary 900 as a, an animation? Well, it's funny to say because um, a couple of months ago, a couple of guys that I've worked with before, they they started their company called Story Skateboarding, and one of their launch kind of project was they did a uh, a 900 deck that was like a, an anniversary, like a, a special edition anniversary of the 900. And they worked with Tony on like the design and it's all autographed by him and there's a you know certain amount of them that they sold. Because I'd worked them before, they actually got me to do the animation for their for oh, the advert really? for that board. So um yeah, I got to animate the, the nine hundred and then I animated the art on the board and stuff. Um and it was this little advert and yeah, that was that's incredible. Come man. True, you know, if you if you're gonna work in school and you suddenly get you're drawing Tony Hawk for a job for his his deck that's coming out. I mean, mind blowing. Yeah, um, it, you know, if I never work for a single another skateboarding job, I, I'll I'll be happy because yeah. I did that. So yeah, I fantastic. Bet. Oh, congrats, man! That's incredible. <laughs> so co coming back to the pen pals, you've collaborated with artists Jess Holland and Poppy Star. Yeah, yeah. How did that come about? And I know 
one image in particular, I remember, the, the hand-painted background Yeah, he's done. Yeah. How did that collaboration come about with um, other artists coming on board? I, I guess to give, to give the context around Pen Pals to start with is I wanted it to be something that... I, I know that earlier I said, you know, I wake up every day and I'm like, oh, I love this job, etc. I did actually get a little, a little bit sort of burnt out, a little bit fed up with the fact that, like, you, you're just constantly creating an advert for yeah. a product. Like, at the end of the day, that's kind of what I've been doing for the last, you know, six, seven years or whatever. And these videos, they go on Instagram, Twitter, wherever they go. They go on a feed. Everyone sees it. They all comment and then it disappears. Yeah. You know, a couple of days later, it's gone, right? No one, no one's finding that again. And I just kind of was like... I'm kind of getting a little bit fed up of doing this. It's just, it just getting grinds you down after a while. So I wanted to create something that was, had a little bit more behind it, a little bit leaning into art, I guess, more than it being a, 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 a job kind of thing. So that was the idea behind starting Pen Pals. Um, so I wanted it to be longer form, I wanted it to be on YouTube. So, you know, five years time, someone might go like, oh, I, I want to watch that thing again that I watched, you know, years ago. That was the idea behind it. Um, I wanted it to be something that I worked on with someone like Chris, the other side of the world. I wanted that's the whole point was this playing on this amazing idea that we can work wherever we want now. I, I'm sitting in the countryside in England. He's over in LA. Like it's yeah, we, and we've never met, but we're doing this project together. And then linked to that, I also wanted every episode to showcase a bunch of artists. So, so whether that was artists I've met before. So Jess is actually a you know a, a really good friend of mine from here in Exeter. Um, so. We've kind of done a few arty bits together and I really, I, I love her style. I love her paintings. So I wanted to get her involved. So that's where that came from. And then Poppy, like I stumbled across her work just again, just through the the Instagram machine of it, it popping up on my feed. And I was like, I love this style. I want to get it in there. So I just shot her a message and was like, do you want to do a clip for, for this video? It's just a complete personal project. It's not a job for anyone. So... You know, it, it's purely if you want to do it. And she jumped to the charts. And when she sent me the clip, I mean, oh my God, like email came in and I was like, opened it. I was thinking like, oh, I hope this is good. And it just it just blew me away. I was like, fantastic. Exactly what I wanted. So each episode, I, I wanted to have one or two one or two artists in there, whether they wanted to do like a painting, uh, an animated clip, etc. Just to just to highlight the, the people that are out there doing these kind of things. Maybe they're people who are, are really big and have got, already got their, their their stuff established, or maybe they're people who have people don't know about. I just want to fill it with with other artists as well, and, and really play on this pen pals idea of it being like kind of across the whole world, people yeah. coming together to create create these videos. So that that's where that that idea came from. As it as it grows, what what have you got any new intentions to kind of expand, and or is it just a case of? Do a series and just ex experiment with other artists. Yeah, I mean, me and Chris always kind of agreed at the start that we'd do sort of three or four episodes and then and then sort of touch base on the project as a whole, like what we want to do with it. I don't know, to be honest. Uh, we'll, 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 you know, go into a, we'll have a call and work out what we want to do in the next one. I mean, we both love the skating world, but at the same time, whether we do one on surfing or, you know, on... Uh, any of the other sports that we're all involved with, we, we could do that kind of thing, snowboarding, etc. Or maybe we'll just stick with skating and just continue the same same thing we're doing. I've got a million more ideas that I want I to do with it. And uh, <laughs> I'd love to explore those with, yeah, more footage that Chris sends me. There, there's a couple of other sort of aspects of it that I'm really keen to explore. So each, when I said that I wanted to sort of lean a little bit more into art with it than, than a, like a job, and 
I, I do want people to watch it and go like, oh, you know, that's cool. That's a cool look. But I also want there to be a little bit behind it. So each episode has a, a theme that I'm trying to explore. So the first episode was, the theme was actually just the general introducing the idea of pen pals and how mad it is that we are now in this place where we don't have to like go and live in LA or go and live in London to do things like, you know, these creatives can be all over the world. I, I watched one of your episodes and I think it was a guy who, who worked up in, I think he was from Scotland somewhere. And he was working on these like feature films, you know, and you, you just think how crazy, 20 years ago, yeah. he said, you know, yeah, you'll, you'll be working on with these clients, but actually you'll be in, you know, still still here in the same place. It's, it's kind of crazy. So that was the first episode. The second I went into, I wanted to explore the idea of burnout, which I think is for creatives is just, mm -hmm. you know, something that we we all deal with, we all talk about, yeah. and sometimes it's it's hard to ignore. I think whatever your creative outlet is, whether it's, yeah, whether you're illustrations, whether it's animations, videographer, whatever you're doing, I think it's hard with, especially with social media at the moment, not to get burnout just from, the amount you have to create, the the constant treadmill of, of yeah, stuff coming man. through that you have to do, it's 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 hard work. It it is, and it it it, it takes a toll on your on your stuff. I know you did you did a uh, an episode with I can't remember her name. It was a couple of episodes ago. Uh, Kayo was it? Oh yeah, yeah. And Kayo she was talking about sort of mental health in in the creative industry, and it absolutely. I think that's it's it's a massive part of it by now. It I is. think it's just that the way we mix our our passion with work it. It, it, for, for all intents and purposes from the outside world it's like oh you're doing what you love for for money that's the perfect setup but actually it means that you kind of end up doing it into the evenings you end up doing yeah. it the weekend you you just do it because you'd be doing it anyway and and you know the effects that has that that was the, the second episode i tried to explore that through the drawings that were between the scenes etc and then the third one was actually what kind of what we already talked about the, the originality versus copying ideas and the idea that we've all got these amazing creatives that we follow and yeah just because the video is online have we seen it before and 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 whether people are annoyed when they see other people's stuff that's similar to theirs or not i'm definitely in the school of thought that we're we're all just trying to make something fun and and something that's that's original to ourselves it can get you down if you think that there's there's something out there that's too similar to your work yeah because it, it would be a shame wouldn't it to like you mentioned earlier when when you looked at um at the artist that you um saw yeah and donovan stuff yeah yeah, if you would have seen that, it would be a shame to kind of have this idea and get excited about doing something, scrolling through your feed, you know, thinking, I'm going to start this idea on Monday, and, and you yeah. know, you're scrolling through on Saturday and think, oh, someone else has already done it. It would be a shame to then put you off. Yeah. And then derail you and go, oh, what's the point? Because that's already done. It's it, it, That's an opportunity, and it's a real shame to if that was to happen, you know. Absolutely, and I think people forget that, Quite often, especially with Instagram, it's not your website, it's not your show, really. It, Instagram, for some people, is just you know you just put up stuff that you're just playing around with. Yeah, I, I think with with all creatives that are coming into this world or any other world of art, everyone should just play around with a million yeah. different techniques to get their stuff. And yes, along that path, you might do something that someone's going to jump on and say, "Already been done before." But until you've tried those things, that's where you find yeah. your your Absolutely, side. Man. And I. I I do hope through speaking to to all these other creators, I hope that I have got to a point where like I, I found my my side of things through just experimenting, and I I would recommend that to to anyone else is just just play around with these things and just yeah just try everything. I was going to ask a bit of advice on that topic, but you've covered it there, so thanks, Jack. That's that's yeah, great advice, and uh, highly recommend. I mean, I, I I've got it from from watching your episodes on 
on the 3D and stuff in Blender, like I've only dipped my sh- my, my toes into it over the years. But it was so inspiring watching some of those episodes. Oh, that thanks, I man. might have to really? do it myself, you know, and, and get back into it and uh, and learn it myself because it's just fun, isn't it? All, yeah. all these different sides, whether it's 2D, 3D, stop motion, rotoscope, whatever yeah, it man. is, it's all fun. So Absolutely. Just, just crack on with it. Touching back on mental health and burnout and things, because, yeah, you saw in past episodes, we touch on it and we love to just get uh, each guest's thought on it. You've actually experienced it yourself. You mentioned about burnout. What was that experience like for you? Um, how did you kind of overcome it? And what kind of difficulties did you face getting through that time, you know? It's a massive issue and it's it's a massive hurdle to, to overcome. Uh, it can be really, really easy just to be like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, I can't I can't deal with this anymore. I can't think about it 24-7, animate 24-7, need a break, etc. And, and a lot of people take a break and then come back to it or take a break and don't come back to it. Or they just push through. Though you know, there's all these different people have different approaches to it. Myself, I started pen pals because I wanted to remember that it's fun. The amount of times that I've been doing animations over the last couple of years for clients, and I've worked on the thought like, oh god, like this, you know, it's a job. Like this is work, and then forgetting that if I if you didn't pay me for it, I'd be doing it anyway. <laughs> I'd be doing that, you know, those jobs. Um, so. I started Pen Pals to to remember why I liked animating and uh, it's been a huge help. So now when I jump on a client job, I think, yeah, no, of, of course this is fun. Like I, I'll enjoy the animation side of it. Um, of course, it can't all be absolutely perfect, but I think if you can go back to any way that you in past have enjoyed animating, so whether it's just creating something yourself, whether it's working with someone that you haven't worked with before, but you... Maybe that's the the way that you'll enjoy it again. Certainly for me, it was going back to playing around with techniques in my spare time and being like, actually, I really, really enjoy just just making stuff. Awesome. Did you did you take time off uh, after the burnout and think, oh, I need a break, or or did you just find that love again through those that thought process of I want to f- re- remember why I, why I do this? Um, I guess I, I took a bit of break, a bit of a break from taking on loads of animation right. freelance stuff so I, I still had a few things on the go but it was also a situation in life so we, we moved house we've got a little dog there, there's all these extra things that you know are in your personal life yeah if they're all happening at the same time and you're just smashing the freelancer and getting burnout with that it can be a horrible multitude of things that come together at the same time so i took a little bit of a break with it to do various bits of DIY around the house, etc., And then also just work on pen pals. So I just said, I'll take a little break. I'll just animate for myself. So I said to Chris, I just want to do this just for personal. I don't care if, if the video gets watched by 50 people. I, I couldn't care less. I'm making this purely for myself. Um, so that's the whole the whole reason why pen pals has been a, a great thing for me to work on because I've, I've remembered, oh, I actually, I actually, I love this. I, I love that's it. Crying, man. And then when you go back to do a job, you go, God, I'm getting paid to animate of course i love this <laughs> that's great man because you can you can go question like oh, why am i doing this like you say like is, is it now a job i've got so much on just one last thing on on the balance thing is uh, i think also with social media i think there's a lot of a, lo- a lot of issues with pride and ego about uh, about pretending to be something you're not on there with with, with work so I, i've kind of said from the start that I, I i do a lot of work for this university I, i've got a role there that i, I make animations on the side with uh, educational stuff with them and I think there's this, there's sometimes this school of thought of like, oh, you're not fully freelance. That 
oh, you, you haven't made it yet. Like, oh, when are you going to go fully freelance? But some people aren't built for that. Like I, I actually, I did enjoy being fully freelance for the years I did it, but it's not for me. I, I know that personally, I like to know that I've got like a, a steady stream sure. that's, you know, paying the bills, etc. And then I've got the the 50% freelance to, to pick up stuff I want to work on. So I think, uh, again, just a, a last little bit sort of tip for people who get into it is, is don't be afraid to get a setup that works for you. If that means that you're working 50% as a part, you know, part-time somewhere, doing something that's not not exactly what you're showing on your on your online world or whatever, your online persona, don't be afraid that that's your setup. Like everyone has a different way that they look, they want to work in life. And I've now got a setup that I really like. I, I work part-time at university making animations that if I post them online, you'd probably think they're really boring and uh, uh, you know not not exciting because you're used to seeing the scale and stuff. But they're exciting because it's a different it's a different side of it. And then I get to do my freelance and enjoy that. So it's perfect. That's a great balance, man. That's yeah, a really good. And, and like you say, it's all what works for you, isn't it? What works for one person might not work for another. A- absolutely. So yeah, yeah finding that um, balance and what works for you as an individual is the main thing. So oh, absolutely. Just a note to to finish on or to, to wrap up on I, I could i could be here for like four hours so I, <laughs> I need to find a point jack of course so you do educational stuff and you started out doing educational stuff at exeter university have you ever done a tutorial series on how to do skateboarding tricks i haven't you know it would lend itself really well to that because it would be blending the, the sort of two yeah. worlds um no, the the only stuff that I've done that's, that's blended the two worlds is the the surfer stuff, or the the longer form sort of almost documentary style stuff, and then I did a a really really fun work um, for DC Shoes and Cuba Skate, where it was a kind of history of the organisation and the history of Cuba as well nice. through animation, and that was like when I was doing that, I was like, this is basically the same job I do at the the uni. Last thing is is the uni job. It, it sounds boring, but some of the courses that you work on, like you do like history courses on you know, the, the history of the British Empire or something, and you have to animate all of that as like a timeline, and it, it's fantastic subject to be going into. It's not not always nice, but um, amazing, you know, subjects to be to be animating. It would lend itself perfectly to, to skate tutorials because of the yeah, nature mixing of... educational with... Exactly, like, the, you know, what's the, what's the learning objectives? What, what do they need to actually get out of this? What's the information they need clearly labelled? All that stuff that I do in the, the day-to-day stuff. And maybe that'll be maybe that'll be the next way. But if you, speak to me in a year, and pen pals has navigated into uh, that. I'll, I'll owe you. Uh, uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Going back to like tutorials, and I, uh, you know, I remember skateboarding as a kid. You wouldn't have any content to you know. How would you, how do you do a kickflip? How do you do an ollie? Oh, it's You'd mad, have to just literally it? watch clips on. We we would we, before we'd go to the skate park or before we go skating in, in the streets. I remember I'd go to my friend's house, like Gary, or I'd stay at Steve's house. We would yeah. watch. See, we would watch skateboarding clips in the morning. Maybe like play it in slow motion. We'd play Tony Hawk's, and just then take that. Oh, I want to learn how to do this trick today, and like memorize that we would yeah. paint that video in slow motion and think, oh, they move their foot like this. If you remember this, but like when you used to play Tony Hawk and you'd unlock the videos at the end for your character. Oh yeah. You'd, but you couldn't rewind or fast forward. So you no. have to watch it over and over again for that one trick. You're like, that's the trick I'm trying at the skate park. Watching it over and over again. And then, yeah, we, we had a magazine that we'd take down to the skate park. And it had like literally like a, you know, just a one little strip drawing of like how to do a kickflip. And you just sit there thinking like, ah, this isn't translating to me on my board. 
And now the kids can like literally just sit there and watch like a tutorial at the park on their phone. Yeah. In 4K. In 4K. <laughs> uh, in, in like hyper slow motion. Crazy. That's, that's one thing. I mean, we'll, we'll, I know we're going to wrap up, but the, you know, the content that people create, you know, I remember have, getting just like really old camcorders or having a camcorder that I had a, like a little fisheye lens that would magnet onto the oh, front. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah like, this is well. the best thing. Um, now you've got phones and like rigs that you can 3D print or buy off Amazon for like 10 quid. <laughs> and, you know, you've got 4K, 60 FPS or 100 FPS, 120 FPS, slow-mo, you know, super. Oh. It's, it's insane how it's changed, isn't it? How did anyone learn to do a trick at, before all of this? I know. The fact that like, I even could rem like remotely do a kickflip when I was younger is, is a miracle in itself, really. Uh, people are like, oh, how long do you, how long have you skated for? And I'd be like, oh, you know, five years. And they're like, oh, so you must be quite good. And you're like, no, I'm, I'm dressed like an Ollie. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, there's these kids who have skated for like two months and can do every, every trick under the sun. There was, yeah. there was people that would pick it up. Yeah, crazy. Just to recommend another artist oh, yeah. before oh. we go. Yeah, um, I get Instagram. You like. mentioned, you know, 3D, 2D, the style, you know, skateboarding. Yen Rab. It's basically Barney backwards. Oh, but okay. Some skateboarding stuff, some other oh random stuff. But if you look at the skateboarding, if you scroll down a little bit. Oh, this is so this, cool. You know, Tony Hawk's, the, the, the low-res graphics, the the style. I freaking love oh, this, this stuff. Is, and I get lost. Sick. But yeah, amazing artist. So um, I, feel like, I feel like I've I've seen a clip of theirs posted, like maybe by someone oh, really? else or like, you know, on the explore page or whatever it's called. I, I feel like I've seen this person's work before, but I've never clicked on their account. Right. This is incredible. Oh, it's just... <laughs> I love it. If you go on to the second one along on the Instagram page, the very top, the the um, um, Arsene Wenger's day out on the back of the the, the bike <laughs> going down the stairs. It's just so Oh my hilarious. God. That um, is fantastic. You know, and that's just like texture mapping, like, old golden eye style textures from video games onto like low poly geometry i mean yeah, again this this is reminding me of joe pisa's stuff with with the air that that so, is yeah, so shout out to cool. barney shout out to joe p i'm gonna dive into all their stuff as well so thanks oh, for those absolutely. recommendations jack yeah do it but you know what thank you man this has been so fun and again i could talk we could talk for a lot longer but i just want to say thanks for the time that we spent and Oh, it's been been brilliant. I've, I've been looking forward to it. It's been yeah, just as fun as I thought it would be. Great. So, yeah, thank you for your time. If you guys are ever down in, uh, in down in Devon, give me a shout. And, okay. Uh, show you around Love the local team, area. Man. Appreciate cool. it. And if ever for some reason you're up in the Wolverhampton area, <laughs> do the same as well. I've been I've been up there a few times. So, yeah, no, I'll uh, give you a shout. Fantastic. Excellent. Please, man. Thanks, Jack. And um, what are you doing for the rest of the day? Uh, I'm going to be storyboarding. Luckily, it hasn't it hasn't got to the point where I have to take photos of myself doing the the movements yet. But it's um no, just a, a load of storyboards. So now it'll be good fun. I'll just crack some music on and just brilliant, man. Just listen to that. Well, enjoy, man. Thank you so much for for inviting me on. Ah, oh, pleasure. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Jack. And you. Thank you. See you later. Take care, man. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. Remember to check out our other episodes available or check out the podcast in video form on our YouTube. Again, please drop us a rating and review. See you next time. The VFX Process, getting intimate with your industry. Brought to you by Big Two Studios. Mm -hmm.